This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. Pesach is coming, my sweetest friends. And here's a story for Shabbat HaGadol, the Shabbos just before Pesach. Every year, after searching his house for chametz on the evening before Pesach, the holy Reb Avraham Yaakov of Sadegora would tell this story. In a village near Kolbesov in Poland, there was a simple Jew who was an innkeeper. He had a tavern and a, a little hotel. And as I'm sure you know, my sweetest friends, from listening to this podcast, you know that rent in those days was paid yearly. And this little innkeeper, in the beginning, he had no problem paying the rent because the local peasants would come and they would pay large amounts of money for any hard liquor that they consumed. But as time passed, many of his regular customers stopped coming and the innkeeper didn't make the same amount of money that he made before. And the landlord, the Poritz, in the beginning he was tolerant because he said, okay, because you know everybody has ups and downs in business. But when this went on for... A couple of years, the landlord lost his patience. He got angry. He came over to the Jew and he said to him, Listen, if you don't pay your rent, I'm going to send some of my men down here. And they have a very persuasive way of convincing you to pay up. But as much as he wanted, he didn't have the money. And the nobleman sent his henchmen to go and teach the Jew a lesson on Shabbos morning while most of the family was still in bed. And the innkeeper was preparing to go to shul. Suddenly, a group of drunken peasants broke through the front door of his inn. And the innkeeper could see the anger in their eyes and how much they hated him just because he was a Jew. They started breaking everything in the house. Chairs, the table, even the chalent that was on the Shabbos stove was dumped all over the floor. Everything that they could break was broken. Of course, the family woke up from their slumber. When they looked around, they were shocked to see their house was destroyed. And after the peasants had destroyed everything, when they looked around and couldn't find anything else to break, they slammed the door and left the house. And the innkeeper's wife and children started crying, and he really felt helpless. He didn't know what he was going to do. He simply didn't have the money. He tried to calm himself down a little bit. He tried to comfort his wife and children. And he said, you know what? There's nothing left here. I'm going to shul. And the walk to shul was very hard. Every step felt like it was heavy. He was so down and depressed. What was he supposed to do? How was he supposed to pay this debt off? And he knew that this was just the beginning. Much worse would follow after this. By the time he arrived in shul, the shul of the Aptarav, the great rabbi, Rabbi Avram Yeshua Heschel, it was exactly the time that the rabbi was giving the Shabbat Gadon sermon which everybody knows is considered a big deal in most shuls. And this innkeeper, he comes in late, and he didn't get to hear much of it because he was in the back of the shul. And what he did hear, he didn't really understand. But in the last part of the sermon, there was something that the after Rob mentioned that made sense to him. He said there's two types of blessings that we mention regarding the redemption of the Jewish people. In one of them, we say, Ka'al Yisrael, in the past tense, Blessed are you, Hashem, who redeemed the Jewish people. 
And this is the prayer that we say every morning just before we're starting Shimon Eisley, the silent prayer. And also on Seder night, just before the second cup of wine. And it talks about the redemption from Egypt, which of course happened in the past. But there's a second blessing, Go'en Yisrael. And this is in the present tense. Blessed are you, Hashem, who is now redeeming the Jewish people. And we say this three times a day in the Shimon Eisley prayer. And at this point, the Apter Rav, who's explaining these concepts, gives a small sigh, <sighs> and then looks up towards the back of the shul, where the innkeeper had come in, and he said, This blessing, Go'en Yisrael, is said in the present tense, because Hashem is saving us every moment, all the time. And so even if there is a Jew in a village who's unable to pay his rent to the landlord on time, and the landlord sends some peasants to go and break everything in his house, including dumping the chalent on the floor. This Jew and everyone here should know that the master of the universe, Ribbono Shalalam, will arrange that this Jew be redeemed as well, because Hashem is always redeeming us. Hashem is Go'en Yisrael. And this innkeeper, who was pretty much an Amaretz, an unlearned Jew, he really didn't understand everything that the Rebbe said, but those last words lit his heart on fire. He knew the Rebbe was talking to him, and when he went home, he came home full of joy. And he says to his family, My sweetest wife and children, we have nothing to worry about. The Rebbe said that Hashem is Go'en Yisrael, that Hashem is redeeming us all the time. He didn't bother to explain himself. He just started running around the house saying, The Rebbe said Go'en Yisrael. The Rebbe said Go'en Yisrael. And he's jumping up and down. And he's clapping his hands. The family thought he'd lost his mind. They didn't understand what was going on. And then on Motsi Shabbos, the Poritz sent the peasants again to beat him up a little bit and remind him that he owes a ton of money. But when they arrived, they saw the innkeeper singing and dancing with such joy. And they came back and they told the landlord, he's a little crazy. He's acting as if he found some hidden treasure under his house. So the landlord says, bring him back immediately. I want to talk with him. And they grabbed him, tied him up, and brought him back to the castle. And the whole time he was saying, the Rebbe said, Go any Israel. The landlord looks at him and he says, Jew, be quiet for a second. Where's my money? I want my money. But the Jew said, I don't have your money, your honor. I wish I did, but I do have something. The Rebbe said, Go any Israel. And he had such a smile on his face and he was bursting with joy. So the landlord says to himself, Maybe I pushed him too hard. You know, breaking everything in his house, dumping his challenge on the floor. Maybe it was too much for him and I broke him. I didn't want to break him. I just wanted my money. And so the landlord says to him, Listen, my friend, I realize that I pushed you too hard. Let's have a little strategy, a business strategy meeting right now. Tell me, why is it that you think your business is not successful? And so the innkeeper says, You know what? I don't know, because when I first opened it, things were great. People were coming. They were buying from me. Everything was going great. And then they stopped buying from me. So the landlord says to his henchman, Go out to one of the local pubs. Go bring a bunch of people back to me. I want to talk with them. Within a short amount of time, there were some non-Jewish peasants from all different pubs in the area standing there in front of the landlord, while the Jewish innkeeper was standing there as well, whispering to himself, The Rebbe said, Go ahead, Yisrael. Go ahead, Yisrael. Kevald. Go ahead, Yisrael. So these peasants were a little drunk, and the landlord says to them, You know this Jew over here? They said, Yeah, of course we know him. He said, Why aren't you buying from his inn? So they said, we like to drink a certain type of vodka, and this Jew doesn't have it. So we went to the inn that has it. Another one says we like a certain type of beer. Another one says we like a certain type of whiskey. 
And the landlord says, thank you, and sends them back to the pubs. He looks at the Jew, and he says to him, I'm going to help you, my friend, because I want you to make money, and I want to make money as well. And I certainly don't want to be running an inn in a tavern. So I'm going to give you a loan, and you're going to go to the wholesaler, and you're going to buy this whole list of whiskeys, beers, and vodkas that I tell you. And you're going to advertise that you have the best whiskey, beer, and vodka in town. And people will come to you. And every week, I want you to put aside money for paying the rent for next year. And put aside money for paying back your debts. And hopefully your Rebbe's blessing is going to come true. And so the innkeeper went to the wholesaler. He picked up crates of all kinds of special alcohols. Brought them back to his tavern. Advertised around town that he had the best alcohol in town. And sure enough, his tavern filled up. Every week he put aside money to pay next year's rent and to pay off his debt to support his family. And he also put aside money for tzedakah to give to the Rebbe. And after a short amount of time, he was able to pay the landlord for the two years of rent that he owed. And he went to the Rebbe and he said, Rebbe, I have to thank you for your Dvar Torah, for your sermon on Shabbat Gadol, Because you taught me that Hashem didn't just redeem us once when we were in Egypt, but that Hashem is redeeming us all the time. And I really went with that bracha, Rebbe. I said, the Rebbe said, Go'en Yisrael, Hashem is redeeming us. And miracles happened for me, Rebbe. So he drops a bag of silver coins on the Rebbe's table. And he says, Rebbe, this is the Go'en Yisrael money. This is the money, the proof that Hashem is redeeming the world all the time. another story from you from previous years. It's one of my favorites. I hope you enjoy it. The Helege Seer of Lublin traveled to the Ukraine to visit the Helege Reb Baruch HaMezhibuz. Now everybody knows Reb Baruch was the grandson of the Helege Baal Shem Tov, and he considered himself the Baal Shem Tov successor, the top Rebbe in all of Russia. The Seer of Lublin, he was the greatest Rebbe in all of Poland, so their meeting was like the coming together of two great world powers. Reb Baruch wanted to impress the Seer of Lublin, so he said right away, Holy Seer of Lublin, welcome to my city. I want you to know that I am the grandson of the holiest Rebbe who ever lived, the Hele Geban Shemtov. But the Seer of Lublin, he answered calmly, and I want you to know that I am the grandson of Reb Kapel, one of the holiest Jews who ever lived. Have you ever heard of my grandfather, Reb Kapel? Well, let me tell you the story. In my grandfather's time, Jews were forbidden for making a living in almost most businesses. The only thing that they were allowed to do was to sell alcohol. And so lots of Jews ran Kretschma's little hotels where they would have a tavern and make some money from the drinks they sold. And why did the non-Jews have the Jews sell the alcohol? Well, it was pretty simple. When all the peasants would come into the tavern at the end of the day and they would get drunk, most of the time they would end up not paying the, the tavern keeper. So better to have a Jew that would lose his back than someone else. And so Reb Koppel, my grandfather, he needed to make a living for his family, so he decided to open up one of these inns. 
And he ended up in a very remote location. He was the only Jew in the whole city. And outside of an occasional Jew passing by on the road, the only people that really came to drink in his tavern were the Polish peasants. Now, my holy grandfather, he wasn't really a bartender or a tavern keeper. That wasn't what he wanted to be. And what he really ended up being was a Rebbe. So he didn't want his bar to be this wild, vulgar place. And he kept it very civil there. He made a point of talking with all of his customers. He'd ask them about their lives and give them advice. And it got to the point where the peasants were enjoying interacting with Reb Koppel so much that they decided to stop going to the Catholic priest in town and confessing to him. One day, a new priest came into town. And he said, how come none of the people in this town come to confess their sins? And eventually somebody said to him, well, that's because we all go to Reb Koppel's tavern and confess our sins there. So we don't need a priest. The priest wasn't happy about this at all. And he told everyone, you're not allowed to confess to a Jew. That doesn't do anything for you. You have to confess to a priest, a proper Catholic priest. And if not, you're going to go straight to hell. But everybody just ignored him because they enjoyed confessing to Reb Koppel. And they liked the advice they got back from him as well. Now everybody knows by a certain time on the day before Pesach, every Jew has to sell or destroy all of his chametz, everything that's made out of grain. And whiskey is made out of chametz. And so, since Reb Kapol had all this whiskey that he was selling, what he would do every year is sell it to one of his neighbors. He would shut down the tavern for a week, and when it was over, he'd reopen it, and everybody would come and start drinking, and the whole business picked up again. So this new priest who came to town, he decided, okay, we've got to do something about confessing here. And he made an announcement that anybody who buys Reb Kapol's chametz will go straight to hell. And I promise him, he will go straight to hell with his whole family. And no one's allowed to mention this to Reb Koppel, or then they'll also go to hell. So Reb Koppel is getting ready for Passover. He's making all the preparations. And now it's the morning before the holiday starts. And Reb Koppel goes over to his neighbor who always bought his chametz from him. And he said, hey, how come you didn't come over here like you do every year and buy my chametz from me? The neighbor said, oh, I'm really sorry, Reb Koppel. I'm not allowed to buy it this year. The priest told us that if anybody buys it from you, we're all going to go to hell, us and our whole families. So you see, nobody here is going to buy it from you. And Rob Couple, he tried, he went around to the other people in town, other friends that he had, and everyone said the same thing. The priest told us if we buy it, we're going to go to hell. So it's now getting closer and closer to Pesach, and there's a certain time of day where you have to get rid of your chametz. It's not allowed to be in your possession. So Rob Couple takes the barrels of whiskey, puts them on a wagon, and rides them out to the lake outside of town. He dumps the barrels on the lakeshore, and he announces, as it's required by Halacha, that these barrels are hefker, they're ownerless, they no longer belong to me. And then he got back on the wagon and went back to his house to prepare for the Seder. Now, he knew that this was his entire livelihood, because the way his business worked is the first barrels of whiskey that he ever received were on consignment. After he sold them, he paid for them, and then he would get another few barrels on credit, and these barrels as well were on credit. He hadn't paid for them yet. He was planning on paying for them from the profits that he would make when he sold them. But now he had left his potential profits by the lakeshore, and he had no choice. He went back home. Now, Reb Koppel, he was mamish on the level. He didn't think about those barrels all Pesach. The whole holiday, he didn't think about them at all. But when the holiday was over, he realized, Oy vey, what am I going to do? I owe so much money. I better get out of town before my landlord figures out that I can't pay the rent and before the whiskey company finds me and tries to kill me. And he's sitting on his porch trying to figure out what to do when one of his neighbors comes over and says, Hey, Rib Couple, I didn't know you were such a wealthy man. 
And Kapil thinks to himself, me, a wealthy man, look at me, I'm impoverished now. And so Reb Kapil says to this guy, what are you talking about? And he said, all of those Cossacks, all of those big soldiers that have been guarding your whiskey by the lakeshore, all pass over along. Reb Kapil said, what are you talking about? And this neighbor said, why don't you go and see? So Reb Kapil heads over to the lakeshore. And sure enough, he sees it surrounded by Cossacks. Now everybody knows Cossacks hated Jews. More than anything, they hated Jews. And they would squash a Jew at any opportunity. So it was clear that these Cossacks were sent from heaven. And Reb Kapil, as soon as he shows up by the, the barrels, the head Cossack, he comes over and says, Oh, thank God you're back. How long did we have to wait for you? What, a whole week you were gone? And then he tells all of his soldiers, let's get out of here. And they all ride away. So there's Reb Kapil by the lakeshore, sitting with his barrels of whiskey. And he thinks to himself, wow, this is amazing, you know. Um, not only did I not lose money, I can be right back into business right now. But then he thinks to himself, Hashem, do you know how hard it was for me to give up these barrels of whiskey? And do you know how hard it was for me to not think about them all Passover long? If this is how you want to reward me, Hashem, please come up with another reward. And he says that out loud. And then the seer of Lublin, who's telling the story, he says, my grandfather told me that at that moment, he heard a voice calling out from heaven. Reb Kapil, forget the whiskey. I'll take care of you in a different way. But more than that, since you were willing to give up everything for me, your oldest daughter, Mato, will be blessed with a son. And this son will be the greatest light in the whole world. And now the seer of Lublin is looking at Reb Baruch Mejibuz, And he says, I want you to know, Reb Baruch, that Mato is my mother. And I am the grandson who was promised to the holy Reb couple. Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. I want to thank one of the new supporters of the podcast, the Frati family in Jerusalem, and their children, Yitzchak Shalom, Yaakov Leiv, and Esther Liba, who each contributed from their own money, and their father matched it. Thank you so much for your support, my sweetest friends, and for listening, and for being such loyal listeners, all of you. Please make sure you share this podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to become a supporter, you can just go to my website, HasidicStory.com, and you'll see a link there. So I wish you the sweetest, happiest, holiest Pesach ever. Remember, why were we redeemed from Egypt? Why were we taken out of Egypt? The reason was in order to serve Hashem. And of course, Hashem doesn't need servants. We need to serve Hashem. 
Satir Hashem needs us to serve Him. We need the connection with Hashem. And by taking us out of the deepest, darkest places in Egypt, Hashem gave us the Torah and gave us the land of Israel and enabled us to have a connection with Hashem that we never could have had and Hashem not taken us out of Egypt. So I hope you have the sweetest seders and the most beautiful Chag. And until our next episode, my sweetest friends, a good yantiv, Chag Sameach, and Zai Gesund. Go and he's like, give out, go and he's like,